Happy Case of the Mondays. We're back. 12 p.m. We're going to try to start around noon every week now, guys, as we go forward into the winter months. Uh, myself and Lacey and the rest of the BDC crew just got back from sunny South Florida after an amazing weekend at the BDC Marketing Workshop, where we saw, interestingly enough, the year before attendees who attended again, there was, there was, there was a portion of those people and they all had some of the best years they've ever had. Plus they also got coaching or did IPO, which we'll talk about a little bit uh, today uh, with Dr. Lacey and Dr. Sean. But what was your biggest takeaway as a facilitator and presenter, Dr. Lacey for this weekend? Actually, it's really funny. It has nothing to do with the content. I mean, the content's always fun and amazing, but you know, Sean and I had uh, mold over the idea of moving our workshop to the West Coast, to San Diego. And we've been going to the Boca Beach Club for the past couple of years now. And people were like, uproar, no way, can't do it. It's got to be here. We love it. And I think that the location and the way that we structure the event to allow for time for people to connect, enjoy the resort, um, I, I just think you can't. You can't come close to that anywhere else. So we're going to do it again at the Boca Beach Club. Yeah, that the the big that was a big thing. Uh, uh, Jeff and Christine, who are in BDC and, and uh, coached with you and Sean, mm -hmm. they said, you know what? A lot of these seminars they'll put it on in like really nice places, but you're stuck indoors all day, so you right. never get a chance to experience the nice place. So why even bother? Right. And we got so much pool time. Uh, people, it, it, it created a, just a cool energy and vibe, and I agree, it's the same thing again. Although I was a little whiny bitch all weekend about how long the shuttles took, that was not because of the hotel. That was because <laughs> I found out it's been a six-month issue with the drawbridge in Boca. So the town yes. of Boca, fix your shit. I'll <laughs> say because although, although – then I had hindsight. I'm like, well, I'm being a little whinier. If we didn't have that, we would never have had Dr. Steven and Chris doing a little dance-off for us, which we have. Which there's just amazing camaraderie. And, and one of the things that someone said to me, Lacey, was there's no egos in, in BDC. Mm -hmm. There's egos, someone said. They said there's people that you have to have an ego, but there's, it, it gets left at the door. When everyone is is very collaborative and and there's just Super something helpful. yes yeah yeah and that's always the culture that we want to create. I mean, as you know, the Black Diamond Club culture is um, you know helping each other be more successful and then celebrating each other's success. And that's the same thing that we do at the the Boca Beach Club and all of our all of our events that we do. But I got to tell you, I can't believe that you were actually complaining in Boca. Like, who does that? Do you know oh, that I am back here? Shops and, do it. Shops yeah, do I mean, about everything. Now, now Tim Schaub complained about a lot that weekend, but he does it because he's got so. I, I feel that he's got something. We got something in our family history, but he figured out a way to get six hundred dollars off of his bill. So that wow. was that was cool from his whining and complaining. Um, I I just I just you know I found out recently my my, my girlfriend said. You're a wider. And I said, you know what? I'm a wider. I am who I am. So I love it. I love it. Well, that's a that's an expensive wine he's got there. Maybe I should have him get money off my bill next time. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, we are back in Indiana and we're expecting an inch of snow overnight. So I uh, definitely wasn't complaining to be in the sun. So I have my own little bit of case of the Mondays because it's freezing outside. But it, it, and, and, let's get and to it. John are pitching me. I'm moving up there and I'm in my I'm, I don't know why I would even listen to that now. Right? <laughs> There's a lot of benefit, though. The trade off is more on the benefit side. So. Yeah, there's great. All right, what do we got? What do we got going on this week? Oh, well, first, I want, to, I want to give a shout out to 2020 uh, Imaging. Uh, they've been a partner with Cairo Sushi for uh, two years now. Um, uh, if you guys don't know Nate Dominguez out there, hook up with Nate um, and get the cleanest and finest digital x-rays that you can on yeah. the market. 2020 uh, Digital Imaging. Thank you guys for being a proud partner and sponsor of Cairo Sushi and Summer Camp. Um, so what we got going on, we got, you know, here's something that's really interesting, Lacey. It's a win and it's a loss at the same time, I think. Mm. Uh, and this is recent report that just came out that, uh, essentially it was a report about the explosive growth of yoga and meditation over the years. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, said a couple years ago that he believed that meditation was going to be like uh, the soul cycle phase craze that yeah. happened and all the the spin classes and 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 it sounds like Gary might be might be on the right track because there's been explosive growth for um, yoga and meditation and they're utilize people are utilizing it in similar ways that the general consensus of what chiropractic should be used for pain and stress and right. Um, all the things that, you know, in the chiropractic world says that's what we help solve. Mm -hmm. The report also showed a smaller increase in Americans' use of chiropractors. It climbed from 9, 9.1% to 10% in 2017. So we've got a percent of usage, and I know you probably have some questions on that. Um, but I, I look at this like one – there's two things that really stood out for me on this. One is it's not just adults. More kids are doing yoga and meditation. So – that's reaching the market yep. Two, they're claiming it's because of availability and because of the growth of meditation and yoga apps and that you can do it anywhere. So there's a little bit of uh, barrier stuff, right? So let me throw it over to you and, and get some of your thoughts on what, what you think about this. Right. I read that article um, as well. And it is interesting because it is the alternative therapies, people looking for solutions um, to, you know, increase the function of their body, decrease pain and other things. And so, yeah, that's great that they're, the, the good thing I love about this is that people are looking for a solution. And I think that that's a big thing that we can take away from this article as chiropractors. Right. I say that all the time. People want what we have. They just don't necessarily know that we provide it. So, you know, again, being able to clearly talk about chiropractic and get your message across is so important. The more that you can up your game on your communication skills, the more you can help people like this huge community of individuals that are doing yoga and meditation to get on board with chiropractic. Um, but yeah, you're right. There is a barrier for us because we can't put chiropractic on an app and help people get better. I mean, I, you know, Sean got into the yoga craze not too long ago. One no of the way. reasons... I didn't like it so much. I like things where I'm super active. He didn't even like the hike. What, 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 what would he do yoga? I did, that's not you know why? You know why he liked yoga? Is because it, there was an app for it, right? It was okay. like 
yoga, I don't even know what it's called, yogadownload.com or something like that. You can download tons of programs from beginner to intermediate to like all the way through. And so he loved that because he could do it while he was traveling. So you're right. It was accessibility um, and ease, you know, that, that drew him to that. Right. And so. Lacey, should we start a, how to do your own ring dinger uh, <laughs> app? And because <laughs> there might be, there might be many patients producing their own subluxations for themselves when doing it themselves. Hey, it would be like job security. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we actually just, just, just side note on that. I met a PI lawyer down there in Boca. Mm. We, we were ironically, we had this other convention, another convention going, there was tons of conventions going on around us. And one of them was a PI thing and a very famous, he's now I looked around after I met him. He's kind of a, he's a big deal in the PI world. Literally said to me, I hope someone takes out that guy who does the ring dinger. He's ruining your profession. So that was an interesting conversation in the shuttle that took forever to get back. From. See, the yes, shuttle see, was a good thing. We added all these things. Stop whining, Tristan. That's exactly. But, okay, so we, I want to get your, your thoughts on accessibility and availability, though. What could we be doing differently in chiropractic that would maybe give us more accessibility or 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 more availability to the markets that, that are looking for us? I mean, I don't think that there's, I mean, maybe somebody has a clever idea. And if you do, please post it in the comments below. But from an accessibility standpoint, I mean, there is docs that do stuff out there like mobile chiropractic and they go to people's homes and stuff like that. But, you know, for me, I mean, in the work that I do in our offices, we, you know, utilize objective measures. We want it to be in a professional setting because we're working with the nervous system. I just think it's hard to be more accessible than having an office space. And so really, how do you increase that? Maybe more accessibility from inter an interaction standpoint, yeah. openness to answer questions. But, you know, like, I can't take my x-ray machine with me everywhere. It just doesn't right. work, right? So it does make it a little bit difficult. But I, I do ask myself this question, you know, because I love that from, what was it, 2004? Was it 2012 to 2017? Those are the two comparisons. Yeah, 2007, uh, uh, in 2012, 9% of U.S. adults were doing yoga and 4% were doing meditation. That jumped to 14% and 14% both. So that was a 10% jump in meditation uh, and a 5% jump in yoga. See, and I don't know that that's accessibility. I would almost think that that's more like um, herd mentality type of thing. Because right. so many people got on board. Did I lose you? And went black. If somebody's watching, can you at least tell me you can still see me? I can see you and hear you. That would be super helpful. Because he's just gone. Lacey, there it comes. You there? There you go. Okay. So I don't like this every now and then. Did that with Grant one time uh, when we were on a cats thing. And yeah. I, I jump in. Everyone's like, oh my God, there's Tristan. <laughs> so here's the deal. So I'm saying that I think. It's her um, mentality. I heard that. Yeah. People, people, yoga and meditation are easy things for people to talk about, right? It's it's easy to say, oh, I have you tried. Or what? 
And you can bring your friend. You can bring your girlfriend. Come do yeah, yoga. It's a, it's a super easy, like low level engagement type of opportunity for people to come together on. So it has the ability to grow fast. You know, what we do as chiropractors is a little bit more intimate. It is healthcare. It's taking care of people um, when they have a lot of things going on in their system. So it requires a different level of an engagement. It's not just like, hey, come with me to this, this class. And so we need to figure out ways that people can, you know, fall in love with chiropractic and we can create communities in our offices that offer low level engagement activities so that more people can bring their friends, create a herd mentality, and then chiropractic can grow. I think it's just a little bit of a different, it's not, you can't even compare chiropractic to meditation. Because you're the ultimate, you're like the hate, you're like the hatest of the hate straights. It's proven in your, no, it's been proven, it's been proven in your middle school picture, Lacey. It, <laughs> that, that was a hate straight picture and we're going to show the world because it's been proven though. I want to ask you this from a philosophical sense in congruency. Would it be why, here's where my head goes to the entrepreneurs, like, why don't I just take what Gary V said? Uh, and you know, Tim, my dad, Tim and Don do this. Tim, my dad and his girlfriend partner. I, I call her my mom. People just call her my mom, and she's his wife. Yeah. Ever, now she can get divorced and take all his money. Um, if if what they do is a really great example, because Don does like meditation classes at the office. It brings people in. We yeah. Just talk to what do you what, how do we feel congruency wise of saying, hey, let's feature meditation. Sean Carey does it too, right? Yeah, like why not right. why not own it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I work really hard on try, uh, trying to meditate. I'm not very good at it because I'm not good at quieting my mind too often. But I think you, uh, chiropractors, all of us do things like that to better our health. Like I said, Sean was doing yoga. It's very different, very distinct. Um from chiropractic. I don't think people would come into the office and confuse it with chiropractic. So if you have somebody that could lead a meditation class that you are partnered with, why not host the class in your office? You know, because people are looking to, to meditation, to yoga as a means of helping center themselves, get their systems right, feel better, think better, be better. And chiropractic does that. So why not utilize something that they're already doing and join in the conversation and bring them into your space and let them know that chiropractic really is the one thing that helps all of that stuff become more effective and more efficient. Chiropractic does that. So it's just joining the conversation and giving them opportunity. Awesome. Here, but before we go on to fake medicine, yo, I want to I, I want to ask those people that wrote that article, when we say utilization is increased, does that mean like just people that have used chiropractic once, or does that mean people that have a next appointment? I would be really interested in knowing from a chiropractic standpoint, how many people are utilizing chiropractic and have a next appointment? Because I think that that's what true utilization is. Not somebody that's come in once or twice in their entire life, right? I believe based on what I found is it means that they use chiropractic at least once. Uh, yeah. In in that year. Or in a year. Yeah. So um let me dive deeper and see if I can find out more information. But it's from it's it's from I mean our friends over at the CDC, which you know I'm sure who knows what they're doing over there. <laughs> who knows what they're doing. 
you know, they're fake packing. medicine. Fake medicine. What do we got? Fake medicine is well. I mean, uh, let's talk about fake medicine. Is up. Uh, New York Times just. I gotta get that back up. Fake medicine. Uh, the New York Times had a uh, a really great feature article. What if the placebo effect isn't a trick? New research zeroing in on biochemical basis for the placebo effect, possibly opening up a Pandora's box for Western medicine. And you read the article from a science standpoint. What it basically said, Lacey, if correct me if I'm wrong, is that fake medicine, which is the placebos that people use took an effect because of the therapeutic communication of which it was dispensed upon from the doctor. Basically that the, the doctor said you will get well with this and that's what they're kind of zeroing in on. Is that, is that sound about right? Yeah, I think it's kind of, so it's twofold. Um, just it's from the way that I read it and also what I understand about it. Um, but what they're saying is, is listen, people were giving these the sugar pills. Um, people were giving th things like uh, milkshakes that they were told this is a weight loss, an actual weight loss drink, and it will help you lose weight. And they're saying the physiological response of the body is that it tries to break down the fat in a different way. But it wasn't that they actually, it was actually doing that. It was number one, that they believed it to be true, because that's what the placebo is. When it does work, it's a thought process that you believe to be true, and you tell yourself it's going to work. But number two, the other important component of that was that they received it from somebody that they had trust in, right? And so that's what's really interesting. The more that somebody knows, likes, and trusts you, the more that they believe what you're saying. And from a fake medicine standpoint, the more you believe it to be true. And they're saying that actually, yes, physiologically, it makes changes in the system to act in the way that you believe it was going to. So people, they're saying, is it really fake? Because people are actually getting better having positive changes under this placebo effect. Interesting. So, but so I wanna, this, this, this brings up something for me that I heard from uh, uh, a chiropractor that used to teach at Life University. And she shared with me one day, and I want your thoughts on this. She shared with me one day, she had a patient come in and um, – she checked her using her her regular checking method, and she told the woman to go outside and scream. Mm. And she came back and she checked her again and said she wasn't subluxated. Mm. I think that there's some things like maybe I'm going into Donnie. I always go Donnie Knowles, Donnie Epstein territory. I should say Donnie Epstein territory. Um, what if? <laughs> We were joking before online, like being one with the bone. But what if there is, you know, a thought, mind, consciousness, whatever. I don't know the words to use, but this is what quantum, right? Like what if, what if, what if there is – we're finding that out now with this placebo stuff, right? What if we're finding well, out I think we already knew that. I don't think we're actually finding it out. I, I think – I mean, we look all the way back and look at Joe Dispenza's work. There, your thoughts control so much of how you feel, um, what's manifested in your system, um, what's manifested in your life, you know, so externally, internally, our thoughts control a lot more than we believe they do. And so there's, actually, there's a book out there and I cannot remember it. It was written probably 
30, 40 years ago, I had a patient bring it into me and, and it was talking about how to think your way out of pain. And Tristan's gone again, so I'm going to keep talking. But um, okay, there you are. <laughs> but what's what's crazy about that is they people were catching on to this so long ago that oftentimes you, if you become attached to a way of thinking, a um, your particular diagnosis or your disease, and you believe that you are absolutely sick and you're never going to get well, oftentimes it doesn't matter what anybody does. Even if internally you are better and you believe that you're not, hey, I believe that that's why some people don't get better. I believe that you can think yourself into a deeper state of dis-ease and dysfunction, but you can also think yourself out of it. And there's been stuff on that for decades. I don't Wait, think that this there, is new. There that thing with the, the thought plant or something? It was like the decay, like a negative... Someone please comment below if you know that like the study they did with I think it was with food or plants or something. Yeah, speaking positive thoughts into a plant, the plant yeah. grows and flourishes. Ghostbusters too, they had that glob stuff. Um, <laughs> Ghostbusters too is highly underrated, first of all, because like <laughs> was so awesome. So you could never do like anything better than that. But Ghostbusters 2 was all about the love. Um, yeah. it literally was like um like, hey, if you if you talk bad to this glob, it's gonna like act bad. But if you if you like sing like soul music from the '60s and give it love, that's it, good. It's yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, this study that came out with side hustles because I want to get your take on this lace about um, you know the ever growing side hustle. We know that chiropractors have. There's a lot of entrepreneurs. That's our market at Cairo Sushi. By the way, Cairo Sushi Summer Camp. Uh, tickets are on sale. You can go to come to summercamp.com, come to summercamp.com. Um, limited time offer for uh, early adopters. Samurais can claim their free tickets for the next two months um, or until January 1st. Um, speed of side hustles, then another, you know, Liam Schubel is the king of side hustles. He's got IFCO, he's got uh, Schubel Vision. He's got uh, a family, which I think is his own like business. But Liam Schubel is a member. Of I love. I just love that you just put IFCO and Lou, Liam's family as his side hustles. <laughs> it's not even like does that make sense? No, I know. But but Elite had a record year this year in in uh, growth. We want to give a shout out to Dr. Liam Schubel. Encourage people to check out Schubel Vision Elite uh, if you're looking for systems and strategies to grow. Uh, and communication, like we just talked about earlier yeah. on today, you have to be able to communicate effectively in order to reach more people and in order for them to share the message, just like yoga and meditation. And we all know Liam is a masterful communicator. So yeah, Shubal Vision Elite. Well, I, so, so side hustles, back to side hustles is um, what they found is you know, this is the era of side hustles where people are looking at different ways to make money. You know, the car share economy, the Lyft and the Uber drivers, um, you know, that's kind of started that side hustle gig. But side hustles have actually been around for a long time. Yeah. But the most common side hustles that they found were actually in spaces like number one was real estate. Number two is retail. Mm. Number three is health, wellness and fitness. Number four is marketing and advertising. Uh, but what they found that the number one best for dollar per dollar per hour, uh, most lucrative side hustles is real estate. And I thought that was interesting because it got my mind thinking, 
wouldn't it be great if I'm also a real estate agent and a chiropractor because I'm going to get to meet all the new people that are coming into my neighborhood and I can control the narrative and say, instead of sharing everyone else, I'd be like, and I'm also your chiropractor. I don't know. I, I wanted to get your take on, on the, the side hustle for chiropractors. Uh, should they be focused on just being a chiropractor or is, are, are we should be, be side hustle friendly? Okay. Well here, why don't I just give you a, my tip? I'm going to switch up my tip. I'm always switching up my, my tip. I'm switching up my tip too then, Lacey. Okay, good. So here's, here's what I think. And I'm, this is, this is how you can begin to evaluate this. So we in Black Diamond Club launched a 28 day challenge that a lot of you out there are currently on. Mm. Um, and one of the things in there was a daily challenge to figure out your hourly rate. Mm. So here's the deal. You need to go into your business and you need to look at the time that you spend actually delivering your service. So I'm not talking about like all of the admin work that you do and all of the, you know, uh, driving that you do, all of the studying of x-rays. I'm talking about like actually the time that you are in patient care and right. you're going to take how many patient visits that you have. You're going to figure out how much those patient visits are worth okay. and you're going to add up how much you're getting paid, let's say in a week, right? And then you divide how much you're getting paid by the amount of hours that you work to figure out your hourly rate. So if you're on average seeing 100 patient visits a week and each visit is worth $50, you're going to do 100 times 50 and then divide it by hour, hours worked and you're going to figure out what your hourly rate actually is. Hey, for some of you, I think you would be shocked. Your hourly rate is extremely high and you're worried about how can I go out there and create a side hustle to maybe make a couple extra thousand dollars a month instead of saying, how can I use that time to make get more patients to increase my hourly rate? So you, before you talk side hustle, before you decide what's worth your while, you should figure out first, what is my hourly rate? And then is my hourly rate, rate worth me getting into another side hustle? Because how long and how much time is that side hustle going to take? So that's it. And that's how you should decide on anything that you do in your business. If you're trying to um, figure out if you need to hire somebody on, if you're not trying to figure out what you should be delegating, you should look at your actual hourly rate and then figure out the things that you're doing. How much are those worth? Can you pay somebody else $18 an hour? Instead of you spending your $400 hour doing your books, if you can, maybe you need to find somebody to do it for you. So side hustles, delegation, what are you spending your time on? Figure out your hourly rate and then go from there. That was awesome. And if you guys want to know what the, like, what, even if you're ever going to think about doing a side hustle, the worst one out there is farming at $9 an hour. Yeah. Is the rate if that you're only making nine dollars an hour as a chiropractor? If that's your hourly rate, you need to DM me so we can start talking. So Tristan and I <laughs> can help you see and serve more people. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I will give up uh, my uh, tip of the week. I'm actually going to change because I'm seeing all this stuff on Facebook today about people seeing the new Facebook rolling out, the new jobs. Uh, Facebook's really, trying yeah. to LinkedIn and everything. Um, and this goes back to one of the hacks that I, I shared at Boca this weekend, which is uh, when you break down your marketing, you have segments. You have your branding, your list building, your conversion marketing, your retention marketing. 
one simple branding could go into list building like I shared at Boca hack would be to have a regular quarterly we're hiring uh, ad running on Facebook and other social channels because it just shows and the copy's got to be just right because it can't be like we just lost someone we're looking for help <laughs> replacement because I don't know how to manage my practice it's more like hey we're looking to grow and we're bringing on members to help us with our explosive growth in 2017 and 2018. Uh, uh, my dad always said a line to me, people go where people go and people go to winners. And if you're showing that you're growing, I think you're a winner. I am really starting to sound like Roger Stone. Like everyone said this. Week. I know. <laughs> Such a good movie. And you uh, are. Yes. Uh, uh, so hack. Running ads and people go, what if I'm not running? What if I'm not hiring? So what? Lacey actually shared a really great point this weekend too that I missed at the VIP day because I didn't get there until later. You said something about that that very thought, right? Well, I said you should always be hiring. I said because the reality of it is is that in your business, you should be the only person that's indispensable. And we don't, you know, we take for granted thinking that people will stay with us for life. But the reality of it is, is you know. People have lives too and things happen and things come up. And if you are dependent on somebody and you never have another plan in place, you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. So you should actually always be hiring, finding people that you love, keeping those resumes. And then if something was to happen, then you have this stockpile of people that you already liked to go back into and connect with and say, hey, I have this, this, open, this job opened up again. I really enjoyed you. Let's connect, right? So yeah, you should always be hiring. So this is great because now we've got this awesome hack that Tristan's talking about. And from a business standpoint, um, we should be always hiring anyway. So the two, two work so well together. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so that's a hack. Run ads quarterly uh, that shows that you're hiring. Uh, it's great branding. You, you don't have to be selling, slinging your services. It's just that you're growing your team. Um, and it's a great way to keep top of mind awareness out there and build up somewhat of a list. Um, you can also start running retargeting on anybody that clicks over on any of the links that you have. Um, dudes and dudettes, Cairo Sushi Summer Camp is coming. Go to cometosummercamp.com. Uh, you're going to be rewarded if you sign up now. We're not revealing the names of this, the keynotes, uh, the, the other speakers until January. Uh, and later on, we'll be revealing more speakers. Uh, reward yourself. You know how we've rolled before, right, Lacey? We've had some yep. badass people. But with you and Sean now behind this, we're going to badassery by – we're going to 3X the badassery to make it 10X. Even Grant Cardone is going to be scared of us because we're in his <laughs> own backyard. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah, so come to summercamp.com. Check out what we've got to offer. Listen, you are going to kick yourself in the tush if you don't jump on the price that we have out there right now because it is going up January 1st. There's no, I mean, you can't twist my arm. You can't beg. You can't plead. This is a hard line. If you don't get on at this price point, by the time we release the first set of speakers, you're going to be mad at yourself and the price will be already up after that. So check it out. Um, I promise you won't be disappointed. We've got some amazing things coming down the pipeline. And listen, if you just sat in this seminar and listened to half of the speakers that we're going to have, you would have gotten more than your money's worth. 
Each mm. of these individuals can command to upwards of $100,000 a day to offer insights, help people, help entrepreneurs, and just do one-on-one -on -one coaching with them. So to drop, to come in there for the price of a ticket and be dropped gold bars all day from these individuals, I promise you're going to make tons of money. Awesome. Guys, come to summercamp.com. Thanks to our sponsors, 2020 Imaging and Shubal Vision Elite. Vision. See you guys next week on a case